Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast and Believe Podcast. Now we're the Bay Area's number one sports podcast. Now we're the only place to show up for a team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in Perfect Directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to continue our baseball coverage. We're going to be looking at the Oakland Athletics in the American League as we preview their expected roster for the upcoming MLB season, and we'll talk about their hopes and their realistic chance of them making the postseason once again. Last year was definitely a, I'd say a bittersweet season because the Athletics were able to make it into the AL wildcard game once again. They even got a home game out of it before losing to the Tampa Bay Rays. So Oakland has been able to get into the postseason lately. But unfortunately, they haven't been able to win a game as they ended up losing the wild card game to the Yankees a couple years ago. And now they lost to the Rays in the wild card game once again. So now Oakland will look to get over the hump and they will look to get back to the postseason, which should be a shortened MLB season. Now, last week we ended up talking about the San Francisco Giants, and I was pretty pessimistic about their expectations and their projections. Uh, with the A's, it's going to be a lot more optimistic because I am a fan of this team just based on the overall roster makeup, and we'll get into that shortly. However, before we start breaking down the overall lineups and the bullpen stash uh, rotation, brief recap on what's been going on between the negotiations with uh, between the owners and the players' union. And a lot of stuff happened yesterday, pretty interesting. And the owners originally thought they had a deal in place for about a 60-game season with a full prorated salary. However, they were shocked to learn the players didn't actually agree to that deal, and yet you still have, I believe that option is still on the table, but as far as I know, it has not been signed or anything, so the baseball season is still in limbo. However, there have been significant strides made over the last couple of days, and it appears that if all things uh, continue progressing the way that they have, fingers crossed, you might actually end up getting an MLB season. So for that reason... That's why we're going to be covering the Oakland Athletics. Now, without further ado, we're going to dive right in, and we're going to be looking at the projected lineup for the A's. Now, some of this might be inaccurate because of the fact that you have some positions that the A's might be platooning, and you also have some injuries which might impact the starting lineup at the start of the season. But either or, the projected starting lineup for the A's, you're going to have Marcus Simeon batting first at the shortstop position, uh, he was phenomenal last year. He was a borderline MVP candidate. Was he a realistic MVP candidate? I'd say not really, because Trout was pretty much a lock to get it uh, just after he completely went on that insane home run streak in the middle months, and he ended up finishing with uh, just an insane stat line. But Sim, uh, Simeon was phenomenal, and he will be looking to duplicate that once again this year. Uh, second will be uh, Ramon Laureano, as everyone knows him for his cannon of an arm in the outfield. However, hitting, he actually did really well last year. He had some injuries that he had to overcome, which caused him to miss some time in the season. However, his glove alone makes him a phenomenal uh, just player in that A's lineup, and his hitting is definitely underrated, so look for him to have a potentially big year. 
Third, you have Matt Chapman, as everyone knows, who's one of the best fielding third basemen in the entire league. It's either him or Arenado, but they're definitely the top two fielding third basemen. And Chapman is also a pretty good hitter. Uh, he was randomly in the home run derby, if uh, people forgot about that last year. I don't know if he should have been there, but either or. Chapman's still a very solid player. Definitely has all-star potential once again, and he should put together a nice 2020 campaign. Fourth, you have Matt Olson, who is a, still a solid hitting first baseman. I would say he's a little, he was a little bit underwhelming last year, but either or, still has a lot of talent, still a good fielding for uh, first baseman, and he will look to put together a solid season once again. Uh, fifth, you're going to have Mark Kana uh, in the outfield, who has been, I'd say, decent. He's got, a, he's got an underrated amount of pop in his bat, but the issue has been consistency, and he will look to try to be a little bit more consistent with his production moving forward. Sixth, you have one of the biggest boomer bust guys in the entire league in Chris Davis. Definitely not as boomer bust as the Baltimore Orioles version of Chris Davis, but Chris Davis with a K has been a power hitter ever since he came to Oakland. However, everyone knows his batting average and his on-base percentage leave a lot to be desired, but Davis is a threat to go for 40-plus home runs in any given year. So Davis, you can expect similar stats. He'll probably finish somewhere around 230 for batting average, and he'll probably finish with, assuming they were playing a full 162-game season, you'd assume he probably would end up hitting around 36 home runs, give or take. Now, this season will be different because of the fact that you are most likely going to only be getting 60 games, but Davis is definitely the favorite, in my opinion, to lead the athletics in home runs. So just keep that in mind, and the A's will definitely need him to potentially drive in runs, especially with runners in scoring position, as he has the ability to bring in a lot of runs with one swing. So keep that in mind. Batting 7th is expected to be Robbie Grossman, outfielder who has been, I'd say, mediocre during his MLB career. Uh, overall, decent. Not really much else to say. Uh, he's not really a power hitter by any means. Doesn't really uh, wow you at all at the plate. But as a whole, definitely not a massive liability. I think he's mediocre, to say the least. And he's a decent 7-hitter. So I don't really have much to add from there. Uh, the eighth is going to be a new is going to be a relatively new face in the day to day lineup. Is they're going to have Sean Murphy as the starting catcher after Josh Fegley finally moved on, and he is now a member of the Chicago Cubs after spending the last couple of years as the starting catcher for the Oakland A's. Murphy is a pretty decent hitting catcher. Quarter uh, projections he's supposed to hit around 13 home runs in a 162 game season. So if you extrapolate that down, he should finish probably somewhere around. Uh, I'd say around six home runs, give or take, but still has decent pop, decent fielder, um, pretty good replacement for Fegley there. I think he'll do a pretty good job in the lineup. And last but not least, you have batting ninth, Anthony Kemp, who is the second baseman. Uh, decent in terms of stolen bases. Uh, he had six. Uh, he's projected to have six stolen bases and roughly 176 at-bats, along with four home runs and 20 RBIs. So not really the... Uh, biggest threat in the lineup, but then again, if you're batting ninth, mostly you're just used as a speed guy at the end of the lineup, and Kemp definitely has that. Now, looking at the bench, there are a couple of things that could be moved around. Uh, first of all, uh, Stephen Piscotti is currently dealing with an injury, and according to the A's front office and their manager as well, it seems like Piscotti is likely going to be missing the start of the regular season. So, he probably won't have taken the place of uh, Robbie Grossman once he is healthy, but until then, Grossman should end up being in the lineup. But Piscotti definitely is a solid uh, batter, and he does possess an underrated amount of pop, and I think he could 
have a pretty decent year, assuming he is healthy for the A's. Other than that, though, the only other debates with regard to the bench are second base. I mentioned Anthony Kemp. There's a very good chance it could be Franklin uh, Barreto as the second baseman. I would actually assume Barreto probably will be the starter uh, from uh, the get-go. But there is a chance that him and Kemp could platoon for some playing time at second base. Uh, Barreto, relative unknown, still a pretty solid a prospect and the A's have some high opinions about him so hopefully he will be able to deliver and other than that you also have Chad Pinder who has been a rotational outfielder for a while also a pretty solid amount of power and he is also probably going to be platooning at, at points to play some uh, games in the outfield but overall the bench not really much to write home about decent most benches in baseball really aren't that great but Piscotti uh, who is a starter when he's healthy, means that you're probably going to move Grossman into the bench. Uh, Barreto or Kemp, you got a decent speed guy option and at second base as a backup, uh, potentially to come in the later innings as a replacement or a pinch runner. And other than that, you got Pinder, who is a decent pinch hit bat, so to speak. Other than that, though, not really much else to talk about with regard to the bench. But overall, the projected lineup for the A's, I would say, is pretty solid. I uh, wouldn't I'd say the A's don't have the best lineup in the division because of course that belongs to the Houston Astros, but I would say that the A's are probably second. You could argue maybe in a tie for third with the Angels. I know the Angels with Otani healthy and with Trout healthy definitely have a very very nice one-two punch, especially with Tommy Lastella who's supposed to come back from injury after having a career year last year. But Oakland I think that they're consistent. They seem to find ways to score runs all the time. And Simeon was a phenomenal player last year. Loriano can hit. Chapman, solid. Olsen is a pretty good RBI guy. Uh, Kana has some power. Chris Davis is known for being a big home run threat. Piscotti's pretty good as a hitter. Murphy's an underrated hitting catcher. And uh, just looking at the final spot of the lineup, Barreto was also supposed to be a pretty solid hitter. Assuming he could translate some of his skills to the next level. So Oakland, from top to bottom, they don't really have one guy that's going to make you extremely scared. They don't have a trout. They don't have a superstar by any means for most of the mainstream uh, media. But for the sake of overall talent, this lineup's pretty deep. And I think Oakland should be able to generate runs pretty easily. So for that reason, I think Oakland's offense is definitely not going to be a liability moving forward. Now, switching gears to talk about the projected rotation. A couple question marks here with the rotation, but for the most part, very solid. Uh, the projected 2020 starters, you have Mike Fires, who's supposed to be the number one starter, and he ended up going 8-13 and 13 last year, uh, but overall still pretty solid. I don't really know if he's a number one caliber starter, but he's a veteran, and even though he's been known for the whistleblowing incident with regard to the Astros uh, around the league, still a pretty solid pitcher. He ended up throwing a no-hitter. Uh, with uh, earlier a uh, couple no hitters actually, but he has two no hitters in his career, so he does have some very solid stuff. But well, sorry, according to projections, he's supposed to go eight and thirteen. He was actually very solid last year, but he is supposed to be the number one starter. Second, you have Sean Manaya, who I think is the ace of the staff, assuming he can stay healthy, as he missed a decent amount of time last year due to injury. However, he did return and he pitched pretty well in very limited action. Other than that, you have Frankie Montes, who's, who is the number three projected starter, who has been mediocre so far. I'd say he's had mixed results, but for the most part, more positive than negative. And fourth, you have Jesus Lazardo, 
who is also, once again, middle of the road, as he is pretty good. Uh, he's got some decent stuff. You might have to work on his consistency, but for the most part, definitely a decent number four option. And the number five starter is projected to be Chris Bassett, who had a night and day differential between his first couple of stays in the MLB and last year, as he got absolutely torched early on in his career, but he ended up looking pretty consistent last year, and he put together a pretty solid campaign. At overall, for the rotation, I would say it's not the most impressive. I think Fires is good enough to win you a decent amount of games just because of how crafty he can be. I think Manaya is phenomenal. I think Manaya is a very solid pitcher, and I think he's very underrated, but that's mostly just because of the fact that A, he plays in Oakland, and B, he has had some injury issues over the course of his career. But then again, people also remember he's a no-hitter against the Red Sox a couple years ago, so he does have lights-out stuff on occasion, despite lacking a 95-plus mile-per-hour fastball. Other than that, Montes is okay, Lazardo's okay, and Bassett's okay. So you have two starters who are pretty good, and then three that are roughly middle of the road to maybe slightly below average, but I'd say mostly average. So for the sake of the rotation, mediocre, but definitely not a massive liability. And now switching gears to talk about the bullpen here with the athletics. Uh, just to go through uh, most of the rotation, um, you should end up getting a decent amount of innings from the rotation. I'd say most of these guys should go around six or seven. So for the sake of that, most of these long relievers shouldn't exactly play much of a factor. However, you still have Jake uh, Diekman, who has been pretty solid with the Royals. He's going to look to provide a spark to Oakland's bullpen. Uh, you also have Lou Trevino, who's a decent reliever as well, and they should be handling the middle relief aspect. Then for the setup position, uh, for the setup spots, you got uh, Soria, who's been a veteran in the MLB, been around a long time, uh, as everyone remembers him from the Royals and for a couple other teams that he bounced around with. But Soria's a decent setup guy, and you also have uh, Petit, who is pretty good as a setup guy as well. Uh, occasionally gets lit up, but for the most part, Petit and Soria make up a pretty good 7th and 8th inning combination. And then last but not least, you have the closer, who is Liam Hendricks, who was pretty good last year, a little bit uh, inconsistent, but for the most part, I definitely think that he should have a very solid year, and I think he has a shot of being the All-Star Game representative for the American League, as he has the ability to shut teams down due to his electric fastball, and some very underrated movement on his off-speed pitches. So, overall, the bullpen, I like. I think this bullpen's pretty good. Uh, you have to wonder a little bit about the long relievers, but at the end of the day, um, if you're bringing in long relievers into baseball games, you're not winning those games the majority of the time anyway. So I don't really think that matters. That means your starter is going roughly three innings. So I don't think you're going to win many of those games anyway. As for the middle relief onward, definitely solid. Soria and Petit have shown that they have the ability to get out at the Major League level, and Hendricks has a huge upside, which he has tapped into on occasion, and if he can just become a little bit more consistent, he can be a, a phenomenal closer in the MLB, arguably top five. So for that reason, Oakland's bullpen is definitely going to save this rotation a little bit, especially from three to five, from Montes all the way through to Bassett, and I think the A's should end up winning a decent amount of games from behind, and I think they should do a pretty good job of maintaining leads uh, if they're able to get into the seventh inning with a one-run lead, etc. So other than that, though, as you can tell, I'm pretty optimistic on Oakland's upcoming season. Uh, you also have to wonder, though, with the 60 games, just how exactly uh, affected they will be by the lack of practice time, etc. And the answer to that is I have no idea. And that's one issue that every single team is going to have to try to overcome 
uh, the lack of preparation and the lack of a normal routine, which, of course, COVID got in the way of before the labor strike. But in terms of the projections, the A's are projected to finish second in the AL West behind the Houston Astros, which sounds accurate to me. I know the Astros used the trash cans and, you know, they had the whole scandal. At the end of the day, none of their actual players got suspended. Yes, they ended up losing their manager uh, as he ended up getting suspended, and they ended up firing Hinch during the offseason. They also lost Garrett Cole. They lost some big pieces. But for the most part, we can all agree that the Astros on paper are still the class of the division, and I think the Astros should be able to take care of business, especially with no fans in attendance, so the Astros don't have to worry about constantly being booed on the road. I think Houston's the best team in the division. I think they'll win the division uh, pretty handily. But at the end of the day, I think Oakland's still better than the Angels. I think the Angels' uh, rotation is an absolute disaster, and I'm still a bit skeptical on how many games Otani will be able to play while staying healthy, as he has had some injury issues during the course of his young MLB career. So I'm not that high on the Angels. I think they're going to be mediocre. Uh, I think Texas is a sleeper, especially in a shortened season. Texas, after acquiring Corey Kluber, has a pretty decent rotation, and their lineup is known to put up a lot of runs in bunches. So Texas can be a sleeper, and Seattle, as everybody knows, is an absolute joke, so they are a complete waste of space. They are going to finish last in the division, and it shouldn't really be close. But for the sake of the projections, I think Oakland will personally make the playoffs, and I think they will end up playing in the wild card once again after finishing second in the American League West. Other than that, though, uh, that's going to be the installment of, of the Betting Bay Area here with the Believe Podcast Network for Thursday, June 18th. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like and subscribe if you end up enjoying the content. Um, overall, you can find us on iTunes or available on Favorite Directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. You can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. Thanks once again for coming in to listen to the Betting Barrier Podcast and Believe Podcast Network. Good luck to all of you and your respective bets today. Bye, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.